Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? Now we're doing pretty good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. People are, I don't know, you guys love it. You love us, right? Everybody loves us. Why yeah. wouldn't they love us? I don't know. But that's that's what's going on. There's nothing else going on with us. What, did you have a good weekend? What did you do? Did you go to the mall? What? <laughs> I mean, you know I did. Why are you asking? It is, by the way, it is July 17th, 1994. We're here. But yeah, so yeah, tell me about the mall. Um, okay, well, you've never ever wanted to hear about the mall before, but well, okay, I, got I, I just realized that we don't talk about our our lives very much on the show, and we should we should we should get a personal connection with the audience. I got the cutest uh, blue sunglasses. I love them. You know, and um, I got one of those like little blue hair extension thingies, which I have not worn because I know you'll think it's lame, but I think it's cool. And um, I I went to the pet store and I held puppies. Yeah. Would you get any jelly bracelets? No, because I'm not six. <laughs> one of my, my cousins got one of those slap bracelet things, you know, where you, you know, Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I, I did not the, pay money for that. I heard those cuts kids' wrists. What? The metal in there, like, cuts their wrists, kills what, them and what, stuff. What? What? I don't That's know. Stupid. I don't like my cousin that much anyway, so it's okay. He's he's annoying, but... Okay. It's a little dark. It's <laughs> Love a little you. dark for uh, the beginning of the show there. Love you, Robbie. <laughs> um. Yeah, who'd you go to the mall with? Heather. Oh, okay. Just you and Heather? Yeah. yeah. Somebody told me that uh, there was a guy... At the mall with you, one of my one of my affiliates, <laughs> one of one of one of my operatives at the mall. Well, honey, you know that men follow her around like puppies. So yeah, there were boys around. We weren't with a guy. Somebody said that they saw a guy talking to you. Um. Okay. So when Rob was hitting on Heather, I couldn't be rude to his friend Louis, so I spoke to him. Yeah. And what did you say to Louis? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Did you tell him about the show? <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I asked if he's heard our tapes. Had he? Yeah. Okay. Everybody has. All right. That's all I care about. As long as you're... You can flirt with guys if you want, as long as you are furthering the reach of the show. I wasn't flirting anyway. No, I know. I went out to the movies with uh, my friend Mike. On Saturday, when you oh, went to, did you talk when, to any girls? Went to the mall. Well, you know how girls follow Mike. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Love you, Mike. <laughs> he is a total chick magnet. Wow. <laughs> calm, <laughs> calm down there. Sorry, because then my brain went to the time that you guys went to the movies with the guy who brought the pie and, and a fork. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that is funny. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so in the news, speaking of chick magnet, uh, maybe there were magnets in O.J. Simpson's knife. What? That caused, uh, no. Uh, apparently, 
one of the prosecutors, I guess she's the lead prosecutor on this case, Marcia Clark, is in some some hot water because apparently there is video of her at O.J. Simpson's house before uh, there was uh, there was legal reason to search the Uh-oh. home. Yeah, it's a time marked videotape, and it doesn't look good that she was there uh, 17 minutes before the warrant was signed. So we're, I mean, we're talking about a 17 minutes. Well, they they didn't give him enough. Like they needed, he needed 17 more minutes to clean up the house. I mean, what are we talking here? Is it that big of a deal? Yeah, that searching without a warrant is a big deal. Would you want the police coming into your home without a warrant? If they were going to have a warrant 17 minutes later, it's not that it's they're going to it's going to be searched either way, right? I mean, how many drugs can I swallow in 17 minutes? Oh my goodness, that's just gross. Robert Kardashian, Car- Kardashian, Kardashian, uh, one of his buddies who's also a lawyer said something. There's there's something about a suitcase. I don't know what the hell's going on. Something about his clothes. Uh, who knows? He, he apparently he had some kind of suitcase. O.J. Simpson gave him. Maybe he threw it in the ocean. Who knows? What? Well, if it had a murder weapon, you know. Threw it in the ocean. They haven't. Yeah, throw himself into the ocean. I'm so confused right now because you're not making any sense. What I'm saying is, O.J. Simpson allegedly gave him a suitcase to take out of the house, which he did. And it's being theorized that perhaps the murder weapon was there. And then he disposed of it. Did did he say what he did with the suitcase or what was in it? Not according to this article. Okay, well, I guess we gotta wait and see. Oh, wait, no, here's a quote from him. It contained the murder weapon. What, <laughs> what do you think he's gonna say? Well, I'm just wondering what kind of bullshit they came up with. Oh, okay. So, oh, so yeah, yeah. Carol is firmly in the camp that OJ is a, a vicious murderer, <laughs> and I don't know. I'm I'm still torn because of the Naked Gun. Mostly, honestly. What? I like him in those movies. Okay, so that means he couldn't kill anybody. Come on. He kills at the box office. I'll tell you that much. Oh my. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. What was I? What was I thinking on this page? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some dude, Nick Clooney, who apparently is the brother, the younger brother of Rosemary Clooney. Uh, she was a singer. Are you familiar with her? No. Um, what she's saying? She's saying that this old house once knew its children. This old house once knew his wife. She, she's, that a girl sang that song. She sang a version of that song. Yeah, it was originally sang by a guy. What was her big? She had. A, she was a singer in the nineteen fifties. Trying to think what her big. Why are we talking about a nineteen fifties singer? How tell you in a minute? Oh, that's what she's saying. Hey there. You with the stars in your eyes, love never made a fool of you. You used to be too wise. Do you think that, I don't know, I don't know if that's in the public domain or not. Anyway, her brother, her younger brother, Nick Clooney, loves movies. Okay. (laughs) That's it, that's it. 
No, I'm just joking. He, I guess, I guess he was a anchor at uh, a Cincinnati in uh, Cincinnati, and he is 59 now, according to this. But he is now going to debut as the daytime host for American Movie Classics. Good for him. 1 p.m. each weekday, he's going to introduce movies and add some of his own insights. And let me guess, that's going to be during the school year when we'll never see it. I can get a tape ready. I'm just saying, you know, uh, oh, he's got a son, uh, George. It's weird. The son should be named Nick and the dad should be named George. Why? It's just George is an a, is a older name than Nick. Okay. Don't you think Nick is a more hip? Modern name than George. Well, here's the thing is that everybody who gets named an old person name grows up to be an old person and then it's not weird anymore. Well, anyway, I guess his son, George, is... uh, Oh, yeah, he's been on Roseanne. uh, The Facts of Life. Baby Talk. Oh, my God, did you ever see Baby Talk? Uh, No. What a fucking nightmare of a TV show that was. Is based on the show, based on the movie Look Who's Talking. Okay. It's like loosely based around that. And Tony Danza did the voice of the baby. It was absolutely horrifyingly bad. So this dude is probably not going anywhere. Oh, well, let's see. It says he's going to play a doctor on that new show that's coming out in the fall, uh, ER. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Look for... George Clooney, I guess. That's probably playing primetime when we can watch shows. Yeah, I'm sure it's the drama, so it's one other... But who cares? I like dramas. I don't want to watch ER. Why? A a drama about a a hospital? Yeah. Uh, No, no, no. St. Elsewhere. Oh, God. No. They, they, they They did it the best. It can't be topped. Why don't you give another show a chance? No, this show's going to fail. Okay. Anywho, that's the news for the week. <laughs> Scintillating, right, guys? Um, what do you want to do? You want to you, you want to speak from the heart a little bit? Sure, why not? You want to you want to plumb these depths? <laughs> we can play the jumble. <laughs> the jumbles in here everybody. Okay, unscramble this word. H A V E B. Can you do it? Not without looking at it. It's behave. Okay, let's let's move on. What they gave her at the hen party. I don't know. We'll have to. I'll, I'll do it later. I'll What's do it later, a though. hen party? Uh, they're all see. They're I think they're supposed to be women, but they have the heads of hens. Okay. It's, you know, when women get together and they gab and stuff. Yeah. It's a hen party. Last, yesterday's uh, answer, uh, another name for a cattle rustler. A beef thief. (laughs) Come on. I I swear to God, I don't know who he is or what he's doing. You don't like the jumble? I don't like what you're doing to the jumble. I'm not doing anything to the jumble. No, actually, I don't like jumbles. I'm not good at, at those things. Word games? Yeah. Or explaining things. Both, uh, okay? <laughs> wait, what? Both? Both. With, a, with an L? Shut up! Okay. Well, if I shut up, then then the show is... I'll carry it, no problem. Oh, you're going to carry the show? <laughs> okay, go ahead. 
Okay, so this week we watch. No, 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 no. We're not done. I can't read the paper from here. Yeah, exactly. I'll carry the show. Sexy Sisters from All Area Strips. Ew. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there a reason you think that some men are turned on by two sisters stripping together? I I really don't get it. I never have. Do you? It's, no, it's gross. Right? It's like when someone's like, oh, you know, I had a three-way with twin sisters. It's like, oh, so incest? Right. I mean, that's like, Ugh. It's, that's kind of disgusting to me. Uh, but, yeah, I never got it. Never got it. If any of you out there are into that, don't let us know. Don't contact the show. Stop listening. <laughs> Turn off the tape and walk away. Uh, so here's some lost and found, or, you know, just lost. Uh, a brown and white Jack Russell Terrier. Ten-year-old male. Rue is the name. Aw. July 8th, approximately 7 p.m. from the Heartland area. Generous reward. So if you've seen one, or if you just want to go to the pound and pick up a black and white, or brown and white Jack Russell Terrier... And claim that it's Rue, you can get a generous reward. Sad, though. When 10-year-olds go missing, they usually end up dead. I'm just saying. What is wrong with it's you? It's an old dog. Lost man's wallet. Grash it near eight miles. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting that back then. I wonder how he lost his wallet. I wonder what services I'm crashing an eight mile. He could have been taking his wallet out for outside on the streets. Yeah, that that wallet wasn't lost. That was taken from the pants. You don't care about any of this, do you? Well, I mean, I feel bad for the sad puppies. I'm not really sure that our listeners are are that interested. I think it's funny as hell. (laughs) You're evil. Oh, come on. You've never gone you've never gone to a pound on incineration day just to watch. <laughs> what? I'm gonna like leave in a minute. Tone it down, you freak. Oh, I wish you could have seen the look on her face. Hmm. Alright. Well, I'm getting a little bored with, with these Well, let's skip it. With these incredibly sad people looking for love. I seriously think that we need to just start a dating service and then we can just hook them up. Oh, C is Christian. Okay, I thought that maybe meant Canadian. I'm a caring Christian black male looking for a special friendship. Color, unimportant. Heart, more important. (laughs) For parentheses friendship than dash fun and love. Interesting. Why is... Friendship in a parenthesis in parentheses. I, I don't know. Uh, a lot of these people are Christian, apparently. You know, it's it's too bad that there's not a building where all the Christians could get together, you know, and, and meet each other. Maybe talk, shake hands, talk about God, eat, so eat a little bit, just, have some wine. Just because... They go to church does not mean that they're going to find their true love at church. And you shouldn't look down on them for looking other places. I'm just saying that's a good place to find someone to date. Obviously not, or they'd be dating them. Okay. Pretty in heels. 
Is that a girl bragging or a guy saying that's what he wants? Or is the guy pretty in heels? Bi curious, married white male. 30, looking for the same or married couple where male is bi. Ann Arbor area. So the guy is pretty in heels. It must be. It's gotta be. Because why Why else say that? It's a dude. Bi-curious. Uh, by the way, women can be bi-curious. Sure. Guys, you're not bi-curious. I'm sorry. You're either... You're either full-on bi, or full-on gay, or full-on straight. There's no curiosity. I wonder what this would be like. I disagree. Okay, go ahead. I've spoken. Tell me. I've spoken to guys who have had wonderings. What? What guys have you spoken? Shut up. No, go ahead. Who have had wonderings about you know their their guy friends, and I don't think that means that they're gay. It wasn't enough to make them act on it, but sure, they wondered. They thought about it for a minute. That's what I'm saying. If you're gonna, if you're going to start to do stuff with dudes. That's it. what I'm saying is women can experiment. Guys can't. Sure they can. No, they can't. I'm sorry. It's okay. There's a couple reasons. One, women are built to be attractive anyway. Guys are not. Guys are built to be utilitarian. You know, we're useful, not attractive. One. Two, being with a woman is a passive thing. You know, like, like were you... To, you know, do something with a woman. That's a... I mean, it's active in a certain way, but it's it's passive because there's no... The act of insertion is... Is, like... I don't want to call it violent, but it's, it's, it's an active process. You know what I mean? So and, you don't think there's any insertion going on between females? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that... It's more, it's more about emotional connection and it's more about things that are more passive, like kissing or being kissed, touching or being touched. With guys, once you introduce the phallus, I mean, that's, that's either a deal breaker or it's not. Um, I'm sorry, but I think it's the same way for a woman. I mean... Yeah, if you're in that that place where it's about kissing and touching and the, you know, emotional connection, sure, maybe they're bi curious. If they get to the point where they want to eat some pussy, they're beyond <laughs> curious, okay? Yeah, okay, I agree. I agree that uh, but that's what I'm saying. I'm I agree with you that there are women that are full on lesbian obviously. But what I'm saying is a woman can be bi curious. I don't think a guy can be. A guy either wants it or he doesn't. Because it's just, it's not, it's not a judgment call on women or men. It's, it's a, the physiological act of sex itself. Here's the thing, though. I think that a guy can be bi-curious until he's experienced it. Because he doesn't really know if he wants it until after he's had it. No, see, I think you know. If you're a guy, I think you just know. What if, what if you do that and it's terrible and you hate it? Then you know you're not gay. Well, I think you're an idiot. So, <laughs> thanks. Love you too. <laughs> no. Uh, so, here's another one. Insatiable single white male 33 seeks intimate conversations 
Yeah, that's what he's insatiable for is, you know, talking. <laughs> right. And possible meetings with older, sensual women. All calls answered. Why older? How old is he? How do so you... 33. Okay. So how much older? Like, every time he wants a grandma or he wants someone who's 38? I don't know. That's a good question. I, it's better than him looking for an 18-year-old, though, right? Yeah, for sure. How about this? It's a wonderful life. Someone that wants to kill themselves? <laughs> Happily married white couple. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 30s with bi female seeks 18 to 25 year old slim attractive bi female for passion and romance here okay i have some questions first why it's a wonderful life right I don't mr potter look at this bi curious woman <laughs> um and then they're happily married that's do you have to advertise that? I mean, if you got to say it, don't you think it's kind of... Yeah, they're not happily married. And then she's bi-curious. So he's willing to facilitate this for her, I guess. Uh, who's, whose idea do you really think this is? I, I, I don't know. Don't you think he's sitting there and he's like, aren't you kind of curious? <laughs> Maybe. And then she said bye. And he's <laughs> like, there you go. She's bi-curious. That's a terrible joke. Um, yeah. So I think I don't know. I think we're gonna have to at least take an extended break from from this stuff because it's it's a lot of assalamu alaikum. It's a lot of black Bible students. It's a lot of the same people kind of over and over again. And I just I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 time to move on. We'll have to find something else to talk about. One more, though, real quick. Okay. <laughs> that caught my eye. Because it's like... This is like a gum commercial. Try this unique guy. <laughs> <laughs> Romantic professional, divorced white male, 49, seeks woman with sense of humor for dancing, dining, barbecue, movies, travel, and all summer activities. Looking for special friend to share good times. Well, everything except for the try this unique guy part sounds normal. Yeah, it all kind of went off the rails after that. I was hoping that uh, that it would be. He'd be like, because I have a foot fetish. Right, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Unique in, in different ways. Anyway, speaking of unique, let's talk about a very unique television show, 90210. <laughs> yeah, it was actually... Uh, pretty intense sad episode this week it was um it was all about kelly and her mom and you know how we've, we've talked about how kelly's mom seems a little off yeah and um now, they're, they're calling it 10 o'clock in the morning it's like you know it's like tell your friends not to call in the middle of the night yeah yeah well now now we know why because she is an alcoholic drug addict yeah she likes the coke well, she likes the uh, alcohol and the Coke. Yeah, She's well, got, they, they go great together, I right? guess. <laughs> gotta, gotta wake up in the morning after those benders. That's that John Belushi health plan that she's <laughs> But um, there was a mother-daughter, and this whole thing was weird, too. This mother-daughter fashion show at the school. It was at the school, right? Yeah. It's a fundraiser for the school. Yeah. And Kelly- All the local merchants donate uh, dresses for the girls to wear at the mother-daughter fashion show. And Kelly's mom is facilitating this thing. 
Yes, she's the chairperson of whatever. Of the event, yeah. Yeah. And apparently she thought that things were going so great with this guy and they're going to get married and, and then he broke up with her. Yeah, Don, I believe his yeah. name was. Never trust somebody named Don. So she just went off and got drunk and started acting crazy. And uh, poor Kelly, poor, poor Kelly, tried to talk to her mom. And her mom was a total psycho bitch. And, you know, Brenda's all like, oh, your life's perfect and you have no problems because she doesn't know. So yeah. Well, no one knows because Kelly keeps it all bottled up inside. Yeah, which is something that Andrea pointed out towards the end of the episode about how together she always seems. Yeah. So. Um, and her mom actually goes to this freaking thing after doing some coke to get herself out of bed in the morning. Oh, yeah. And she's she apparently she said this problem before she went to the Timbers, you know, the famous Timbers or Timberwoods or Are they famous? Whatever they call no, I, I think they made it up for oh. the show. <laughs> but some some rehab place right. obviously that rich people can afford, which is like a spa but you don't get drugs. Um and uh well, if you don't get drugs at the spa, you're going to the wrong spa. Um What kind of spa are you going to? It's the one at the cast corridor. <laughs> um no, but anyway, so yeah, she she's been there before, and I guess she has some sort of deal with Kelly's dad, her ex husband, that he'll pay alimony to her as long as she's not using drugs. And Kelly mentions that, and then she takes it as a threat. Right. But yeah, so Brenda's in love with her, and uh, she, but yeah, she she does some coke, and then decides, okay, I'm good now to go uh, to go do this uh, this event. Yeah, so they're all there, and Andrea is doing it with Brenda and her mom, because her own mom can't do it because she doesn't live in the city. The whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense, like why her not living there means that her mom can't be part of it. But she, Her excuse was that it's one thing for her to lie about where she lives, but it's another thing for her mother to lie about where she lives. So I guess she didn't want her mom to have to actively lie. Although it's not like... You know, at the fashion show, uh, they they were like, and now Andrea and her mom, and they live, you know, at this right. address because we found out, you know. It's just, yeah, it yeah. was it was silly, but <clears throat> she does she does the fashion show with Brenda and her mom, and she actually looks really pretty. She does. It's one of the first times that she actually almost looks under forty years old. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, then they're doing the whole Brendan's looking at her like. Finally seeing his name her is for the, still Brandon. But <laughs> finally, yes. finally seeing her for the first time, like her dad. I think his dad said something like that she looked pretty, and he's like, "Yeah, she does." Or, he said, "He said that's the girl that was at the house." Oh the other yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Brandon said, "I'm not sure." <laughs> she didn't look that different, guys. Right? I mean, she took off her glasses for a second, mm-hmm. which it seems dangerous when walking down a runway. But well, she put them back on. Whatever. <clears throat> and then Kelly's mom um, loses her place in the cards and then just starts, like, calling them to come back out after they've already gone out. It's just, like, this total nightmare and everybody's just staring at her. Well, she also goes on a rant about about being older and you're used up when you're 20 years old in this town and and why are women given such a hard time and men aren't. And it's so funny because... The talk in the background is all like, "Oh my God, what's wrong with it?" You know, like they're all they're all whispering about her and everything because she's having this this breakdown. 
But she raises some interesting points. Yeah. About the way women are viewed. When was the last time that you saw a woman that was 40 years old or over cast in the lead role in a movie? Or she was like the romantic lead in a film. Yeah, I But don't it know. happens with dudes all the time. How long did how long was Cary Grant the romantic lead? Cary Grant was, you know, wooing 25-year-old starlets on screen when he was like 60. Right. So, you know, it, it, it is, you know, she's bringing up some good points. Although Cary Grant is um, definitely the exception to the rule. I mean, because he just oozes charm. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of them do. But so there's no older women that ooze charm? I don't you don't think know. Audrey Hepburn, when she was 45 years old, still oozed charm? It's different. I, I don't know how to explain it. But like for some reason, when guys age, a lot of times they like get more distinguished and seem even better looking and more charming. Whereas women just, it doesn't work that way. I think that is, I think that is a perception in society. I don't think it's necessarily true. I, I don't know. I mean, whether it's, I don't think there is a necessarily true because it's coming down to something very subjective to what mm, people are attracted yeah. to. I mean, it can be, it can be fed by society, but it's not entirely society. It's also, you know, primal instinct. and. Well, yeah, because when a woman is over 40 years old, she's not having kids anymore. And, you know, guys still can. I mean, that's... Yeah, if you, if you that wanna, makes sense. If you want to talk about evolutionary reasons, that, you know, that's that's part of it, I'm sure. Yeah. So, there you go. Once women hit menopause, men don't find them as attractive because they realize they can't have babies. Maybe on a subconscious level, I guess. It makes sense. All right. Anyway, so continue with 90210 so, until you hit menopause. Then you're gone. So Kelly is <laughs> so embarrassed, of course, about her mom. And this is when Brenda finally finds out what's going on. And, um, you know, Kelly goes home with Brenda and her family. And, you know, she's staying for dinner. And she wants to just stay there. She's like, I don't ever want to go home. I don't mm-hmm. want to deal with her. Like, it sounds like Kelly has been through some serious crap with her mom. Oh, yeah. And um, her mom shows up at their house. And they actually have uh, a, even, a, you know, a huge fight. Where mom storms out and says, you can stay here for dinner, but you're coming home tonight, you know. Yep. Um, but when she gets home, her mom is packing a bag and, and everything that was said between them had actually made an impact. And she decided she's going back to Timberwolf Lodge or whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah, she's going to be uh, ripped apart by Timberwolves <laughs> out of shame in the woods. Um <clears throat> Yeah, that might be the most unbelievable part of the, the entire show. Yeah, one one no argument way. and she's just ready to change. Yeah. She's like, oh, forget it. My, my kid doesn't like me anymore, so. Yeah. I don't know about that. And then um, David is there in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. David uh, Silver. And I can't remember why. Well, because he has a subplot through the entire episode where he wants to film Kelly for the yearbook, like a behind-the-scenes thing of this fashion show. Right. Including getting in the dressing room. Oh, He goes yeah. and he films in the dressing room when the women are in their bras and, and everything. Uh, just one of the creepiest things ever. Yeah, he's lucky he didn't get punched. Yeah, so that's why he's there returning the tape, because he's like, oh, I, I figured you'd want this, because, 
you know, your mom's a psychopath. And <laughs> Basically, you, you don't yeah. Want, you don't want people to see this. So it was a nice moment between them, though. She gave him a kiss on the cheek, which, you know, obviously made his year. His was... testicles descended in that moment. <laughs> but, um, you know, there wasn't a ton going on in the episode. It was all just about Kelly and her mom and this fashion show. What about Brandon's subplot? What about Brandon's subplot? Well, why don't you explain that? I don't remember it. Because there was none. Why'd you do that to me? I'm all like, what is wrong with me? The only thing he did was convince Andrea to, to do the fashion thing. Right. That was pretty much it. And then him and his dad showed up to the fashion show and looked around and they were like, oh, there's a lot of women around here, which it, it's a fashion show. And he's like, we better sit down before they realize we shouldn't be here. And I, I remember thinking like, there's no, there's no dads. In the audience, like like they're not there to support their wives and daughters. It's, <laughs> it was just it was really weird and yeah. stupid. Not great. So speaking of weird and stupid, we saw we saw a movie that was a little weird about a guy that's very stupid. <laughs> we saw Forrest Gump, number one movie in the U.S. of A. And it, there's a lot of U.S. of A. in this movie. There is. You want me to... Why don't you... Why don't you... Why don't, uh, why do you want to do it? Get it together, man. <clears throat> I can go... <laughs> I can go through the plot of the movie, and you can make smart-ass comments, or, or you can go through the plot, and I'll make smart-ass comments. You go through the plot of the movie. Okay. Well, get your smart-ass comments ready, then. I will, I will do my best. So the movie starts with uh, this dude... Sitting on a bench and a feather flying in the air, which is interesting imagery. This is Robert Zemeckis, the guy that brought us both Back to the Future and Back to the Future Part 3. Okay. So, the good and the bad. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I like Back to the Future Part 3, kind of. Even though it's a kind of a remake of the first movie, but anyway. So, uh, so he's sitting at a Tom Hanks... Thomas Hanks, the Academy Award winning now Thomas Hanks, sitting at a park bench talking to a woman about her shoes. Okay, yeah. You don't remember that? It's, yeah, I do. Yeah. And he said he can remember his first pair. He said, if I think back far enough, maybe I could remember my first pair of shoes. You know, <clears throat> these horribly uncomfortable braces that they stapled to my legs. And by the way, he looked like he was about seven, and uh, I that couldn't have been his first pair no, of shoes. No, for sure. But anyway, so he had some problem with his back, scoliosis or something, where his back was crooked, like a question mark. And so he needed these shoes to, uh, to you know, straighten them out. And he, you know, he goes on the bus. No one wants to sit next to him because he's a freak. Uh, which they repeat later in the army, which makes no sense. Well, I mean, he did look kind of weird. He looks like Tom Hanks. I mean, he doesn't look that weird. And it's like, what these new recruits in the army, is this a click? Like <laughs> like it would be in school? It's a, it's a really weird moment. He just well, has the stink of, you know, rejection and, uh, you know, being bullied his whole life. I guess. But... I mean, honestly, if they had hired someone that actually had Down syndrome or something like that, because you know how, uh, not, not, no offense to anyone out there, okay, 
relax. But it's just a fact that with certain forms of mental retardation, there comes uh, genetic malformations of the face and things like that. You know, there there are certain people, I think Down syndrome is one, where they have a, a you know, a sort of a uniformish look. Their, you know, they, their face gets genetically altered, and they, they typically don't get as tall. Yeah, I don't think, though, that someone with Down syndrome would be in the army. Oh, that's a good point. I, I was mean, just going to say, that would make more sense if he looked different for a genetic reason that had to do with his, his mental capacity as well, for then people to to react like that kind of wherever he goes. But he just looks like normal Tom Hanks. I mean, I, th- I think they even said his IQ in the beginning, and it was, like, borderline. I mean, yeah, you know, it's it, not it, like he's severely retarded. I think 80 was normal, and he was at 75 or something like that. Yeah, it was at 70-something, I think. So it was just below. Yeah. But anyway, so in the school, you know, the school bus, uh, Jenny is the one that lets him sit next to her, uh, and Robin Wright and uh, well, not Robin. Yeah, Wright, not then. Little girl Robin Wright, <laughs> and they, um, you know, they end up get you know be- becoming friends and and all that stuff. And there's some creepy stuff going on in this film. Yeah, because there is. she mentions the the him saying it even makes it kind of creepier because it's clear he does not understand at all. Yeah, and he's like, you know, oh, his dad was a very her dad was a very loving man, always kissing and touching her and her sisters Mm -hmm. and it's like ugh. well and then there's that scene later where she's like throwing stuff at the house and crying oh yeah 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 dear god make me a bird Mm. so i cannot think about this anymore but yeah so if you look under the surface of a lot of this movie there's some really dark shit yeah anyway so uh, you know, they're, they're friends. He, uh, one day he decides he's getting, uh, beaten up by bullies that throw a rock at his head. It's a kind, it's kind of funny in the weird, violent way. Like, you know, it's, it's such a violent thing to do that, I, you know, you wouldn't think bullies would do, but they, they throw a rock directly at his head. I mean, not a small rock either. Like that could have easily caused a concussion. Right. And it just kind of bounces off his head and he just looks like dumbly at them and then you know he starts to run and as he runs now i don't know if this is magic realism or if this is like what actually happened well jenny jenny was yelling run forest yeah but what i'm talking about is the braces breaking off of his legs i don't know if that's you know i don't know if that's supposed to be metaphor or what but the braces break off his legs and he's able to run and he's, you know, incredibly fast, mm-hmm. apparently. So he, uh, you know, he does that, then he gets older and then he's, you know, he's, I'm in high school, Tom Hanks. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's, he's a, uh, a 42 year old man, uh, in his senior year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks a little ridiculous. But, uh, the bullies are back again in a car. And he uh, he outruns them in an automobile somehow. <laughs> and then goes over to the football field where uh, someone throws a pass. He's running. And then he catches up to the receiver before the ball gets there. Which is also an impossibility. <laughs> but anyway, so that he goes out for the football team. And then he goes to college, to Alabama, to be, you know, a football player. So 
This movie, I guess, because this is a long movie. I can't go through the whole plot in this much detail. But suffice it to say, the movie is about him kind of bumbling through America's past. It's a lot of Americana through the eyes of an inexplicably successful idiot. Right. And because early on he talks to Elvis and shows Elvis how to dance. Um, (laughs) Then he goes to Alabama when Alabama was being integrated kind of goes to vietnam you know after he's in the army apple gets mentioned mm-hmm. bubble gum shrimp which doesn't exist gets mentioned and you know all this kind of stuff but um yeah it's kind of like a, a bumbling throughout history carol what what did you think of the movie overall um i really enjoyed the movie because you know i like movies that make you feel and this movie makes you feel it gives you all the feels absolutely you know it it makes you happy and sad and scared and confused i mean it's i i just i love getting to see so many different things happen through his perspective and the relationship between him and jenny it's she's she's really kind of a scumbag though yeah, I mean, it, like, to him, she's perfect. But as an outsider looking at the relationship, you know, we can see that she's very much not. Let me ask you a question, too. Okay, so he has a, a mental deficiency, mm-hmm. you know. And he goes and visits her at college one time. And goes to, she's, like, you know, making out with some guy in the car. Forrest has no idea what's going on because, you know, he's an idiot. And thinks that he's hurting her. And he pulls him off and starts hitting him. And then he, like, you know, runs away. Um, and then they go back to to her room where she kisses him, takes off her shirt, has him touch her breast and everything. Then he ejaculates, right? Yeah. Reverse the genders. Now imagine the guy is Jenny. And the mentally, you know incompetent girl how how like touching or funny is that scene i didn't think it was either touching or funny when i watched it with him and her it's creepy right yeah it it nauseated me well i don't think that's the intent behind the scene i don't think that's what they were going for i'm sure it wasn't but i mean it yeah it's gross i mean he doesn't know what's going on and then the fact that you know he creams his pants the whole thing's gross yeah I agree. It's it's kind of messed up. And, you know, she she keeps coming back to him anytime she kind of needs something. Yeah. But other than that, she lives her life of drugs and promiscuous sex until she gets a quote-unquote disease, which is got to be AIDS. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, well, he, he'll take, you know, he's got money so he can take care of me. Well, no, because remember, she has his kid. Yeah. So that's why she goes back to him. Because she's going to die, and she wants him to take care of their child. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe she wants him to take care of her, but I think it was more about their son. Yeah, but... Although, who in their right mind would let him raise a child? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Selfish. Like, it's... Like, everything that she does... I'm sorry, Jenny is not a good character. Everything that she does in the movie is completely selfish and self-motivated. You can't blame her, though, because she got so screwed up as a kid. Because of all the stuff that happened to her with her dad and everything. And her mom died when she was a kid. Yeah. And her dad abused her. I, I understand that so, she... And then she gets hooked on drugs, which is a disease, not a moral deficiency. <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. But at the same time, you know, 
you have to take some response. Eventually, you've got to heal. I think that her staying away from him as much as she did was a kindness. I think that was her protecting him from her fucked up life. Maybe. That's an interesting that's an interesting take on it. Hmm. I, uh, yeah, so the, 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 her whole character kind of weirds me out. But I do like the movie in general. They did some interesting stuff with, you know, Kennedy and Johnson and, and Nixon. It got a little too... Oh, look at this kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, oh, look, he, he uh, is responsible for Watergate. <laughs> you know, he's responsible for Elvis Presley learning to dance. You know, he's responsible for, I don't know, uh, the lawns being so well maintained in Greenbow, Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it, it like some of it's weird. The stuff with the running. The stuff with the Bubba Gump shrimp, because that's a thing that they made up, like right. a company they made up. Um, the stuff that doesn't necessarily have to do with history, that just takes place, you know, ago, uh-huh. and, and it, you know, functioning as more of a period piece, I think is more satisfying to me than the brushes with history. Well, I think the brushes with history were just kind of comical. You know, you don't need to take it so serious. I do think it's funny I noticed this. Uh, first of all, it's kind of funny that they got Rodney King to be in the movie, playing the, you know, another injured soldier that introduces him to ping pong. But I think it's funny when he says, he says to him, one of the things that he says to him is, you know, he's got the big picks of the ball, gives him a paddle and everything. And he tells Forrest, you know, all you got to do is keep your eye on the ball. And he kind of moves the ball from side to side and Forrest looks at it. And if you notice, in every scene that he's playing ping pong after that, he never blinks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was was, uh, an interesting touch. When he takes off running for like ever until he finally just gets tired and stops, I thought that was a little over the top. I didn't mind it. Yeah. I like... I think it's supposed to represent, because he can't, he doesn't have the mental capacity to deal with things, to deal with disappointment or to deal with his emotions, you know what I mean? Which, I honestly think it's kind of easier, if you the stupider you are, to deal with, uh, with your emotions. Right. But, you know, he doesn't have the mental capacity to kind of work out his own problems, right? So, he, like, one of his best friends, Bubba, dies in Vietnam. Uh, you know, Jenny's not around. Lieutenant Dan is, you know, off doing whatever the hell he's doing, getting new legs. And, uh, oh, by the way, Lieutenant Dan, played by a veteran of the uh, television movie we talked about before, The Stand. Yeah. It's uh, Stu. Uh, Stu, back from uh, The Stand, is is in this movie as Lieutenant Dan. Gary Sinise? Yeah, that's his name. Anyway, so, you know, he's kind of all alone, and his mom's dead. You know, his mom dies. So, he he doesn't know what to do. And he's done a lot of stuff. You know, he has, more, he has enough money where he doesn't have to worry about money. He doesn't have to worry about working. He has no responsibilities. And most everyone he knows is dead. And he's not that old. So, it's a really weird, you know, time, yeah. time period for him. So, I kind of get the running thing. The running thing is just more about this is something I enjoy doing. And, you know, I can just... 
I can just zone out kind of thing. You know how they talk about it, like runners get that runners high and stuff like right. that. I think like that was kind of part of it. It's instead of him turning to drugs to like numb his pain, he turns to this to numb his pain. But then all those people are following him. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it became like a movement. Yeah, and and what do you think about that smiley face T-shirts? Yeah, see, it's that that stuff I think is the stuff that's dumb. It's the the have a nice day, shit happens, you know, all this stuff, right? Kind of thing. You know, it's it, that stuff. It's like, oh yeah, oh that was popular in the seventies. That was popular in the eighties. You know, th- that's all because of Forrest Gump. <laughs> that kind of stuff I think is dumb. Yeah. The the more emotional side of things and the stuff that actually focuses on the story just as a period piece I think is more satisfying than, than that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think for the ending when, you know, Jenny comes back with his son, which I'm sorry, did he, he doesn't even know where babies come from. That was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they ended up having sex one night. She leaves in the morning. Like, she's not even there to talk to him about it. Yeah, I, lucky I, he didn't get AIDS. Right? Yeah, but she must have contracted that after. I, or maybe she no. had it like we talked about. Maybe she did have it, but he just didn't get it because he's a guy. Yeah, we did talk about that last week. So. Lucky her baby didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, as he pointed out, lucky their baby, you know, didn't have his intelligence. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was one of the best scenes from Tom Hanks. Yeah. When he, because, you know, Tom, first of all, Tom Hanks does a fantastic job in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's phenomenal. I mean, like... His performance carries this movie. This movie could easily be schmaltzy and stupid, but he carries the film with his performance. And when he first meets the, you know, the child and he looks at her and basically asks, you know, is he is he smart or is he like me? You know, and you can see the the like self-loathing and the fear the fear the kind of like you know all this pent-up stuff from people that like you can kind of see that all these barbs that you thought just kind of rolled off his back oh you know all those years really affected him yeah and he carries that with him and you know obviously it's not his fault that he was born you know just not as smart as most people um, but you can see that he, in in his performance, in just that small little scene, you can see that he carries all of that with him, and, you know, his voice cracks, he's, it's, it's incredible performance, and that's, that's kind of what, what elevates this from what could be, you know, a not great film. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I mean, I, it, Tom Hanks really does a world of, uh, good for this movie, mm-hmm. but, um... You know, in a way, like, because she says, no, he, he's very smart, and he just looks so relieved. And at the end, it's just him and this this little boy who's very smart. And, yeah, Forrest is taking care of him with money, but he's going to take care of Forrest, that little boy. Eventually, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of sad. I mean, he, he gave him a, a purpose, though. Yeah. You know, he gave him a purpose again. Yeah, and that, I think that's the big thing. And then, you know, the, there's the the feather that he catches, you know, like flies off at the end. And there's there's some meditation on what is, you know, what is the meaning of life, 
basically in this in this movie because they talk about uh, Forrest's mom, think played by um, Sally Field. I guess I should mention she does. She's she's very good in this film as well. Mm-hmm. She thinks that everything is that there is no destiny. That everything is random. That you make your own destiny. That's just how life works. And Lieutenant Dan believed that everything was destined to be. That he had, you know, he he talked about how all of his ancestors had served and died in every major American war. And it was his destiny to serve in Vietnam and to die in Vietnam. Like, that's what he wanted to do. Right. Which is weird. A weird thing to want. But anyway, so... And and at that point, it's not really destiny. You're kind of making it happen. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that's what uh, that's what he thinks his destiny is, and it doesn't happen. Forrest robs him of that destiny, and he gets angry about it because he loses his legs in the movie. And so the, there's a meditation upon you know what what's true, and Forrest kind of says at the end that he thinks maybe both are true. So he says that maybe it's both things. What do you think? Do you think that life is more about destiny, that we all have like a predestined path and that free will doesn't really exist? Or do you think, you know, it's all random or, or what? I kind of think it's both. I think that... Both I, again, huh? I, I be- yeah, both. I believe that everything that is ever going to happen already has happened. I don't think time is linear. So Mm -hmm. in that respect, it's destiny because it's already happened and nothing can change it. But that destiny is based on free will and the decisions that were made by the people. Interesting. So you probably then kind of subscribe to a multiverse uh, theory then. Um, I think it's possible. And time travel would be possible in that scenario, too. Yeah. If all time is actually happening simultaneously, like every moment of time is actually just all happening at once, um, and our perception of it is the only thing that's that's different, then, then, yeah, then time travel would be possible because those time periods exist right now. They're just down that timeline. Right. It's just a matter of how do we get there, right? Yeah, it is. Inter- it is interesting. I do, and I do. I do agree with the movie and you that I think both things happen. Because I mean, it depends on what you think spiritually. Basically, you know, too. If you believe in in that, if you believe in an afterlife, if you believe in a spiritual world that's not of the material world, then there has to be at least some destiny to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they say, you know, that God knows everything. And I think that in order for that to truly be, it all has to already exist. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. I I said that before. That was my theory. Uh, That was the way I explained the, the, the the ability for God to know everything and for free will to exist. And I described it kind of like you're talking about, like everything's happening at once, like a rerun. Like, you watch a rerun of The Honeymooners that you've seen 50 times, right? And you know that Ralph is going to make a certain joke or, or say, you know, to the moon, Alice, right? Mm-hmm. You know that's going to happen, but he still made the decision to do that. Right. So your knowing it didn't affect his free will. That's what 
that's how you explain God being all know all knowing, but free will happening at the same time. It's like he's watching a, a rerun. He's seen all this a bunch of times, so he knows what's going to happen because it's all already happened. But you still made the choices. That's what. Uh, that's how I. That's how I reconcile those things. I still haven't figured out if God could make a rock so large that even he couldn't lift it. I, I don't <laughs> think that could happen, though. But that's the, no, that's that's one of the those paradoxes. You know, if God is all-powerful, could, could he make something so heavy not even he could lift it? If, if he's all-powerful, then he could always lift it. Yeah, but if he's all-powerful then he should be able to make anything, including something so heavy not even he could lift it. But if he couldn't lift it, then he wouldn't be all-powerful. It's it's supposed to be a paradox. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm just, I don't like it. Why don't you like it? <laughs> well, okay, I can think of a way that it would work if he took away his power. He made the big rack and then took away his power. Hmm. Um, but yeah, enjoyable movie overall, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I would recommend you see it. I'm probably going to see it a few more times. I think that Tom Hanks will win uh, another acting Oscar. I hope so. He deserves it. If he does, he'll be only the second male to ever win back-to-back acting Oscars. Was there a female that did it? I don't know. I think so. Because I'm just wondering why you would say male instead of person. Well, I think I think there I think a couple. I think Catherine Hepburn did. If I remember correctly. Maybe. I don't know. Spencer Tracy's the other dude, though. Okay. That did it. The only dude that did it. So far. That's a bit of Oscar trivia for you. So we'll end this episode as we end every episode with our Blockbuster Pick of the Week. Carol, what are we recommending at Blockbuster this week? One of my favorites, My Father the Hero. Yes, we talked about My Father the Hero. So if you have access to that tape, go back and listen to that tape for sure. Shatem, Sheree, Shatem. <laughs> I like the uh, Little Girls song, Thank Heaven for Little Girls. Thank Heaven for Little Girls. I'm Sorry, pre- I'm not going to sing like I'm pretty does. sure that's in the public domain that we can do that <laughs> one. But anyway, so, yeah, <clears throat> we're getting to a point now where a lot of the movies that are coming out at Blockbuster that we're going to recommend are movies that we've already talked about. So, you know, we'll, we'll when there's good ones that we haven't necessarily got to, we'll definitely recommend those. But for most of these, like My Father the Hero, we're not going to go into huge detail on them because... Go back and listen to the tape, Lazy. Exactly. So, this has been another episode of Massive Late Fee. As always, tell your friends about Massive Late Fee and and what a fun and happy good time it is. Decorate our lockers with five stars. Yeah, absolutely do that. Give us a little extra money for our mixtapes. Yeah, you want to listen to those mixtapes, go to... Uh, Carol's Locker and you know chuck in a buck there and there's an envelope outside that says Patreon on it that's right that's a word that Carol made up <laughs> <laughs> it's our secret code word guys right secret code word Patreon and you can uh, you can put a buck in there in that envelope you know and then you can get access to the mixtapes. Because you know you want to hear all about music from me and, and Mark here. Absolutely. A lot of times those episodes are, are shorter. You know, they're little quick hitters, like 15 minutes long, 20 minutes long. And they're usually better because less is more. Right? So, 
Uh, we have to hear us drone on and on. All right. So that is our show for today. Uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.